0: Yeah. Um, I was in uh, DC a couple of weeks ago and uh, the uh, Spirit of St. Louis, I think we talked about it. The Spirit of St. Louis had been taken down. Yeah,
1: I don't think we've um, talked about it yet, but I know what you're talking I know the story. Um, Go the, ahead. Yeah. Uh,
0: it, it was hoisted in the, one of the main halls, mm-hmm. in right the Space Museum, downtown DC. It had been up there for years. It,
1: yeah, that's where it was when I was there last, last year. probably 25 years ago, 20 the years
0: first, ago. The first time I went in there, that's where it was, and the first time I went in there would have been in 77, and uh, the last time I went in there, which was a couple of weeks ago, it had been lowered to the ground, and it was in a roped-off area,
2: mm-hmm.
0: not far off one of the main entrances, and um, it was really cool to see it, you know, that that up close in person. Of course, that's not the original or, or, or whatever, but... Um, it uh, they had it, I don't know what. One of the reasons they took it down apparently had to do with the wheels and tires, and they had wheels and tires on it. looked like it came off of a quad or something like that. You know, um, uh chrome and and, and uh, knobby rubber and all. That. It, was, it was it was hilarious to see the to see the juxtaposition. But it was really cool to get up that that close and personal with that airplane.
1: Yeah. Well, have you ever looked at the uh, replica that's at uh, um, at Oshkosh?
0: No. There's I'm a Spirit not. of St. Louis uh, replica
1: uh, yeah. um, in Pioneer Airport, and uh, during the during the air, during air venture, it's in one of the hangars there. I don't know where it lives the rest of the year. But, yeah. Um, I was curious if it's similar, but uh, and I didn't realize that wasn't the actual airplane. I just always well, the
0: actual sure. the actual one was basically taken up. Well, I,
1: I thought <sighs> it was taken apart and shipped back to the states, and that that basically was
0: it was it was it was damaged. When it landed in Paris, yeah, um, and so none of let me put it another way, very little of uh, whatever remains was, is what went over the uh, over the Atlantic mm-hmm. the punchline. Now, you, I thought the the original original was was still in Paris, in a museum in Paris, for some reason. But I'm looking at the Wikipedia page. Mm-hmm. And it says no, it's on display in the Smithsonian. So um, yeah,
2: that's what I always thought. It, yeah. it, yeah. it was shipped back eventually, and mm-hmm. and uh, wound up at Silver Hill for years, mm-hmm. and then got uh, put on show and show condition, and uh, hung in the library or hung in the Air and Space Museum. Right. Uh, right. The one that's kind of one of those landmark airplanes. I know.
1: Huh? by the way i 'm not sure exactly where, but somewhere along the line we actually started, so just be okay. be advised. Um uh-huh. the one that I think was controversial wasn't it is whether or not the uh, right flyer there
0: I mean it's that's actually maybe, not the maybe one. that's what it was I knew there no but this, I'm reading the Wikipedia page and, and this is the airplane I'm sorry
1: Yeah okay so the Spirit yeah. of St Louis is the real one yeah. I think it's yeah. the right flyer there that's a replica or it's made from pieces parts or it's No
2: you know, it's it's a subsequent model
1: It is okay yeah because that was yeah. that was a nasty time the rights were not yeah. getting along well yeah. with the uh, With the powers that be back then, and,
2: uh... Well, and remember, after the fourth flight, back there in 1903, a wind gust coming in off the sound caught the airplane, flipped it, and basically trashed it.
1: Of course. And they never rebuilt it. I have heard that story. Yeah, right, right, right. So, so the best they've got is the pieces, but, uh...
2: The, the brothers brought it back because there was hardware and some other stuff they wanted to salvage, but they already had ideas about how to improve it after their first four flights. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so they went on to build, uh, I think it was a, a B, a Bright flyer B model. And I think that's what's hanging in the Smithsonian. Mm-hmm. Okay,
1: yeah. The Smithsonian I want to go to that I've never been to is the one out at uh, Dulles. U- there. U- U- yeah. 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 Have, have either I've been out
0: there? I've been out there once or twice. Uh-huh. Never really had enough time to give it justice. It, it's big. It's uh, got a lot in it, and of course, it's all impeccable.
1: Yeah, I know. I, I, I... I keep thinking that I'll make that a stop halfway down to, on one of my trips to or from Florida in the wintertime. And I, I've, ne- I've never done it yet. Yeah, you
0: should yeah. You should spend a day. You should just plan on spending a day. Yeah, there. right. And just kind of, yeah. I mean, a day just, would be yeah, might you, not you even just, be enough. Yeah, it, certainly not. But you can't just, you know, go through there for a couple of hours and say you've been to, to the museum.
1: Yeah. Now, speaking of air and space, um, this is, again, uh, now is where we would have started if we hadn't already started, is that the first item on the list here, you've seen this airplane? I've seen pictures of this. I don't know if I've... I know I've never seen one in person, let alone flying in person. You're talking
0: uh, about the Vought V-173?
1: The V-173. Um, this is a, a, a picture that was called to my attention um, by a listener uh, who on Twitter calls himself Scrapyard Sound, uh, a.k.a. Dave. And uh, he called my attention to this aircraft that is, and let's see if I can find the story here. Um, but uh, it's a project, that's been a, a restoration project that's been going on for something like eight years or something like that. In a second, I'll have the actual story here. Voight? I say Voigt. You said bot, I'm not Ooh, sure. Vought. VOT. Is it yeah. Vought? Right. Yeah, Vought. it's like bought. Okay. Just replace the B in bought with a B in Vot.
0: Well, we ought to get that straight. Yeah,
1: okay. <laughs> Vought Aircraft Heritage Foundation retirees finish Vought V-173, quote, flying pancake, unquote, following an eight-year restoration effort. Um, just a couple lines here. On February 10, 2012, retired uh, Vought employees officially rolled out the one. Oh, this is this from way back? Is this not a recurrent story? Oh, this is a 2012 story. I'm sorry. I, this is not recent, but still. A,
0: <clears throat> if you Google Vought V-173, four or five links down is an uh, Air and Space magazine article from mm-hmm. November November of 2013.
1: Yeah. I I'm... Oh, I'm, I'm I'm grasping at how to even describe this for people who aren't looking the at flying the pancake. Flying pancake, Well it's not half bad. It's that
0: kind of a. That's what they call it. It's, they call it a flying
1: They do, pancake. but I wouldn't. Yeah. It's not exactly shaped like a pancake. It's sort of like a pancake. I can see where that comes from. But it's, it's like, yeah. Um, you know what it looks like? It looks like the shell of a horseshoe crab. That's what I think of when I see this.
0: Yeah, I get that. Okay. I get that. It's it's also you know what someone in the '40s. Yeah. Would would design when they were thinking about a flying saucer.
1: Yes, right. So it's uh it's got this 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 horseshoe horseshoe crab shell pancake shaped fuselage, all right? Um it's a tail dragger, it's got two really tall main gear um and then the a tail wheel which brings its its uh, tail way down close to the ground. It's got two really big propellers um and uh, I almost you know and I it almost looks to me like if this thing gets up to sort of a, of a level attitude on on like takeoff roll, the prop tips might touch. Although I I don't know I'm trying to picture where the where the they'll
0: be within a foot or so. Yeah. So
1: mm-hmm. big big props. They look like maybe they're made of wood. Um, and then the cockpit is sort of centered on the uh, front of this fuselage uh, with a bubble on top and actually a bunch of windows down. Uh, there's a couple pictures lower in the story uh, from the uh, from the cockpit. And uh, below the feet of uh, the pilot, below the rudder pedals, is all this glass, presumably so that you can see the, uh, the uh, runway when you're landing and taking off. I, I would also imagine it's good for just observation while you're flying. Um, so uh, it's, a, it's a really cool look. It's just an unusual airplane. Now, apparently this restoration project does not, does not have the goal of making it airworthy, as near as I can tell from this story, which is too bad. That was my first thought. I want to see this fly. I want to see one of these at Oshkosh. That would be really cool. But the story talks well, about uh, how they did a lot of work on the outside and the structure of this aircraft, but when it came to the cockpit, they basically cleaned it up and just kind of uh, made it a little bit more presentable, but they didn't restore the cockpit. Uh,
2: yeah, well, I mean, catch a, the catch a list of some of the test pilots that uh, that flew this. Tell us. Flew, flew 131 hours. Gee, many. Yeah. You think that's a big number or a small number? I think that's a big number before somebody decided... Yeah.
1: Close but not quite what we wanted. Well what were they going for? I mean, was this just supposed to be some
2: I think a really low speed, uh slow handling uh airplane uh-huh. with short great short field performance. I mean You it, think this it, has
0: you think this has good short field performance?
2: Yeah. Oh okay. Yeah, Zero it, it, take
0: it, it, roll takeoff with a twenty five knot headwind. Yeah. That's okay. That's pretty short. (laughs) That's that's pretty short for a powered uh, airplane in twenty-five knots. The whole thing's a lifting body. I get it. It just never, just never struck me as a as a short takeoff landing capable aircraft.
2: Well, at at first glance, it must be really light because it's only running one hundred and sixty horsepower between those Uh two engines. A paracontinental 80 horsepower, it's like, wow. That that thing has got to be much, much, much light. I mean, all that lifting area versus very little weight. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: It, I, I just, the aerodynamics of these things kind of puzzle me. I, I get how you can get lift out of it, but I don't know how you get stability out of it. But I guess maybe you do or don't. Maybe that's why they only got 100 hours out of it.
0: <laughs> well, that could be <laughs> yes. one reason. Um, it's got the, the picture on the website, on on, on, the, on Wikipedia, shows these trailing, um, I don't know what to call them, um, stable lines, I'll call them, um, which provide some role in pitch control. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Right. They're sort of roughly yeah. the equivalent of the horizontal stabilizers, right?
0: It, right. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what they're called on this. Um, but there's there's roll control and there's there's uh, uh, pitch control from those uh, mm-hmm. those surfaces. Apparently, I don't see any. I don't see any trailing edge surface on the the fuselage itself. That would be a pitch control surface. Mm. So,
1: according to this uh, air, uh, air and Space uh, or, or is it Air and Space? It's the yeah, Smithsonian article on that we're looking at. Counter rotating props. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah, you almost have to do that. <laughs> I, I guess it's just it's it's a cool looking airplane. I just, I just looking at your tweet um, from yesterday. I, I just tweeted back a while ago. Uh, about how, how the one engine and the operative characteristics have to be scary. Oh,
1: yeah, really. One engine out is just this thing is oh, going to go. It's going to do all
0: kinds of things. you going to wish your mother well, and you never met each other.
1: Yeah. The placement
2: of the props and how they rotate can help neutralize some of that in a single engine Situation,
1: Yeah, but I don't, these don't strike me as being close <laughs> enough together to really get you that kind of benefit, do this you one, think? I don't know. Right. Yeah, this Well, one they're
2: one. not very far apart, but relative to the lifting area, yeah, they're right out on the far edges. Yeah, really. Jim. Uh, Hang on. But it's instead of wanting to yaw into the dead engine if you, uh, it, real strongly, if it seems if the props rotate the opposite way of what you'd expect, that it would be a little bit more prone to turn to the outside. Not okay. that it wouldn't still want to overpower the lack of an engine over there, but yeah,
0: I mean, that really. could be. But it doesn't have a whole lot of rudder. It doesn't seem like it no. You're right. That
2: that's yeah. really surprised me how little vertical
1: surface. Yeah, it I mean has there is total. two. There is two of them, and they're in the wash, so that helps a little bit. But uh, so, well, yeah, it's got to help the, a lot. They're in
0: the wash, but if there's only one of them, one engine turning, only one of them
1: is. Yeah, in the no, wash. I agree. Yeah. yeah, so anyways. I, I really would love to see. I mean, we've seen some crazy airplanes over the years. Uh, and, you know, some way this one's crazier, I guess. But I'd still, it's not out of the realm of possibility that someone might fly such a thing.
2: And, uh, Maybe we could have a seance and ask one of the guys that flew it. Yeah, that's right.
1: Tell us all about it. A little bit more uh, conventional restoration project. Uh, this is another uh, thing that I was turned on to from a, a, Twitter, a listener on Twitter. A uh, listener, uh, Twitter named TailDragger, Tail underscore Dragger, uh, a.k.a. Derek. Uh, sent along a, uh, I think this is his project. Sometimes he's get a little bit confusing on Twitter, but uh, is a picture of a of a uh, kind of beat up airframe that's arriving on a trailer at a place where it's going to be restored. Um, the aircraft is uh, described as being a 1945. I'm probably going to get this one wrong. Not now, Oster. I'm, I've never heard of this this make before. Have you? Are you guys familiar with what an Oster is? I...
0: I, I only by looking at the yeah, uh, a, link, links here. It, I've never known a TaylorCraft. Is.
1: Right. That's it's a very Tailorcraft or Cub-like tail dragger. Um, the, the, the colorings make it look like that sort of World War II vintage kind of thing. Um, and uh, I, I think I gave you guys a link in the notes to the Wikipedia yeah. page for this aircraft. Well, and,
2: and the, the, the uh, relationship between its appearance and the, the name that you mentioned is apparently uh, pretty strong since Taylor Craft designed the airplane and the company that built it was originally Taylorcraft Aeroplanes of England. Okay. So that all comes together. It's a Taylor Craft. It's a Taylor Craft, okay. With an inline engine.
1: But I'm trying to figure
2: out where the... I was name... going to say,
0: yeah, it looks like from... I haven't zoomed in on any of these pictures, but it looks like an inline engine versus an opposed engine. Yeah, that's very cool. What What engine did it have in it?
1: Well, on Wikipedia, there's a whole bunch of different models, so it's hard to say. Yeah,
0: but none of them really, I guess there's links to all of these, let's see. Gypsy
1: Major,
2: Blackburn Cirrus Minor, uh, let's see, Blackburn Cirrus Minor, yeah, it looks like Gypsies and and Blackburn Cirrus Minor. uh, Some of them
0: had opposed lines in early versions. All in line fours. Well, the 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 plus which one you? plus C that I just clicked on apparently first came out with a light coming uh O one forty five. So yeah, that that sounds like I sound like a I don't know I guess it would be a four cylinder, but it sounds like a two cylinder. Two cylinder? Yeah, let's Google. Okay. Like a, an oh, airplane with only
1: two cylinders. I guess that's fine, but that just strikes me oh,
0: as, um, yeah,
2: interesting engines to work on. Because uh, how's that, David? Well, the oil pans on top. Okay. How does that work? <laughs> it's an inverted engine. Oh, okay.
1: Oh, I see. So it, so it's, but it's, so it's the air, the oil pan's not on top, installed in the aircraft. Well, yeah. No, no. That, how does no? That, that can't be the the, the oil pan's got to be below the engine. The engine I believe be it's ins- a dry sump engine. Oh, okay. I guess I don't. I don't. I'm not familiar with that kind of design.
2: What'd you so find? it's got a pump that returns the oil back to a tank.
0: Okay. All right. Uh, instead of a yeah, instead of a uh, oil pan or a sump or something like that. Right.
2: Uh, yeah. It actually just covers the crankshaft. Oh, uh, okay.
1: I see.
0: Anyway, according to anyway, according to this um, yeah. Wikipedia stuff here, there were some of these Austers made with um, uh, flat engines. So, yeah. You know.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, that's Auster. Auster. So Taylor,
0: Taylor crafts.
2: It kind of makes sense that if they're going to build a, a, an airplane as kind of a homegrown design, that they'd have a they'd tap a homegrown engine maker exactly. for it. Exactly. Uh, I bet. Finding one of those would be really cool. Okay. Fun to fly.
0: They made a a radio controlled target drone. Oster? Oh. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the model B three.
1: You need you need a special license to fly those these days. That was a drone joke. Yeah, it was a drone joke. Welcome, folks, to uncontrolled airspace. The general <laughs> aviation made me That's laugh. That's a Segway. That made me laugh. I don't know. <laughs> the general aviation podcast i'm jack hodgson coming to you from uh hey look it's almost spring papa papa (laughs) new hampshire um that's a joke because if you know we're recording this episode uh in early february uh 2015 and
2: uh well well well, jack has a a chance to take a break from his snow shovel yeah
1: we are in the midst of uh, of just a historic winter weather-wise um snowfall wise uh, uh boston or greater boston uh, massachusetts is reporting um that they've broken some records for the most snow in a 30-day period um there's a approximately f- six foot high snow bank in my front yard here um there's just snow everywhere they literally are running out of places to put it i mean it's really starting to become a, a thing that they don't know where and it's supposed to snow again tomorrow so um, and it's just too early for a snow cone stand yeah yeah i know it's just well you know and, and i could explain to you why for me the winter's only only 10 more days long um but that's a whole other story uh i'm here in our virtual hangar talking to uh, two of my good uh, friends and, and airplane buddies uh, uh, one of those voices out there is uh, dave higdon talking to us from uh, wichita kansas how you doing david enjoying the sunshine yeah i know Yeah, you're going to do this now. The two of you are going to gang up on me about weather. What have you been doing lately? You've been doing some fun stuff outside, David, haven't you?
2: Uh, Yard work, motorcycle riding, hung out at an airport for a while Sunday afternoon. So in the Uh, midst
1: of winter in Kansas, the weather is nice enough that you're able to ride your motorcycle. It was 74. Yeah, okay. Okay. And also here for, in my for about two hours, <laughs> I'm not talking to you anymore, for David. Uh, also here in our virtual hangar is my other good pal uh, from somewhere near Sarasota, Florida, is Jeb Burnside. Hi Jeb, how are you? I'm fine. Yeah.
0: I'm fine. yeah. So is it still lot, cold down
1: lot, there? Still like I'm you know?
0: A, I'm a lot warmer six, than either of you guys.
1: Yeah, 65 degrees. You guys get get us put on a second layer. Yeah, sometimes. I'll be back defi- in definitely. ten days. I'll I'll be back to Orlando, so I'm not going to yeah. complain. Yeah. I'm not going to give you too much of a hard time. What's going on?
0: um puttering uh projects uh, uh basking in the glow uh, yeah. you know all the above
1: sending pictures of your pool deck to your snowbound
0: friends thank yeah. you very much
1: yeah,
0: yeah. well, I just wanted you know you'd remember <laughs>
1: yeah. me just on the last uh so this is the first podcast we we're remiss here we've been like a, a while since we did a podcast uh the last uh since the last time we recorded an episode, I was down there um and uh and and I was actually down there, the last day I was in Florida at your place was the day of the, I'm making finger quotes, Big Blizzard up here in New England. I mean, it really was a right. Big Blizzard. Right. Um, and I was texting with my brothers and sisters who are up here um, at that time. And they, you know, and I, I forget, but I, I did a similar thing to them, which is I, I, I ran out onto your pool deck there and took a little selfie <laughs> of myself with the, you know, with my short sleeve shirt and the the uh, pool and the, and the uh, pond in the background. And I sent that to my brother and sister. So I, I can't really give you too much of a hard time for doing exactly the same thing to me. Um, but, uh, it does look beautiful down there and it does look snowy up here. Anyways, yeah,
0: I, I, that, that picture you sent of your, in front of your house just looks wrong. Yeah, it,
1: believe it's me, just, I uh, couldn't
0: uh, agree more. <laughs>
1: it is wrong. Airplanes, what's going on here? Oh man, this is. A, you guys have seen this air this video that's floating around of the uh, trans. Uh, oh yeah. Oh The, yeah. the TransAsia. Uh, um, tell me the name of what, the type of that aircraft. It's a it's
0: an ATR 72. A,
1: so it's a twin turboprop kind Correct. of commuter plane, right? Correct. Yeah. And yeah, regional uh, airliner. I I've. I, basically everything I know about this incident is from watching that video. So I'm going to invite you guys to fill in the blanks wherever you're able. But I will say that the video that I can't imagine everybody hasn't seen by now, but the video is from one of these uh, car cameras that are becoming much and much more common here. A person's driving along a highway In a sort of built-up area, maybe downtown or near downtown or something like that, and you see an airplane way too low, low, off to the left, approaching to cross the road in front of the uh, the car, and just as it's about to reach the uh, the this highway to pass over this highway, um, the left wing it's passing from the left towards the right, the left wing drops, um, the thing just kind of rolls over, um, the low wing clips the road and it just disappears off to the right under this highway and uh, crashed into uh, some wetlands down to the right um, from this highway. Um, surprisingly, everybody didn't die. Um, a lot mm-hmm. of people died. About 20 people died on this thing. But some people actually got out or, or were gotten out and, and survived. Um, my comment, and I'm, I really want to hear what you guys have to say, having, having seen this, um, but my first thought when I saw this was that this was basically a, a, a textbook um, you know, stall break, um into a spin. Um you almost can imagine now I was looking I watched it a bunch of times almost imagine that this this these pilots were trying struggling to keep this airplane in the air, trying probably to clear this highway so that they might get on the ground beyond it. Um holding the nose up as high as they dared and they went too far and stalled the air, the 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 wings or stalled the left wing certainly. And that wing just dropped off, and the thing rolled over on its back, um, clipping yeah. the bridge as it went by. Um, that was my thought, a, a textbook stall break. Um, what did you guys think of this picture? It this, could this... well
0: be. There's there's speculation, I think it's really early, but there's speculation that the aircraft suffered an engine failure at some point on the takeoff. This was shortly after takeoff. And the uh, the crew secured the wrong engine.
1: I heard. Yeah. So, yeah, I did hear something about I've, that.
0: I've heard that. I don't know of any. I, I don't know of any proof. I don't know where that's coming from. Um, I haven't followed it that closely. Yeah. Uh,
2: some of it's coming from the. Uh, they've already, you know, listened to the uh, cockpit voice recorder, and that's where some of this has come from. Uh, and that seems to be the leading edge contention right now that the. In the process of trying to get the airplane under control, you you know, you, you feather, you make sure that the uh, dead engine is feathered so it's not worsening the drag on that dead side. Mm-hmm. And you retrim the aircraft and you probably, if you don't already have them up, uh, try to get the wheels up and the flaps to a different setting so that you can get some airspeed back. In the midst of that, while they're stre- securing the engine, the evidence apparently goes... They, they shut down the other engine. So this thing's already all out of trim yeah. for one engine, and now two, the side that it was pulling on, it just dies altogether.
1: Mm-hmm. Is that, as tragic as it is, is, is that an, all that unusual a thing, that you'd accidentally shut down the wrong engine when you're in a engine out situation in a twin? Does that, I mean, I guess, I don't know, maybe this is a Jeb, Jeb question. Does this happen very often?
0: Um, defined very often. Well, you know. It, it doesn't It doesn't happen, um, how, how should I put this? Apparently it doesn't happen that that much because planes would be falling out of the sky all the time. Okay, is, yep. That's kind of an issue. But it, isn't um, it a big
1: part of the twin training to I, correctly identify the right the, the, the well, dead that's, engine? Well, that's
0: that's part of it. Sure. The, the The biggest part of twin training is is learning the limitations of, of the engine out scenario, and um, flying the airplane, making sure that it's it's within its new envelope. Um, and I,
2: then before I've, you do anything, confirm which engine is well, that's, dead.
0: Yeah, that's that's part of it. I've I've ridden shotgun in an ATR 42, uh, not a 72, um, and I don't remember you know how the everything was configured. I'd be very surprised if there wasn't some kind of torque sensing um, um, d- system in the in the ATR 72s, the current generation 72s, anyway that doesn't like, you know, have a red blinking light that says, this engine failed, and that light being very close to the engine controls. I, I don't know how you feather the wrong engine in a, a class of aircraft like, mm-hmm. a, like an ATR-72. It, it is certainly something you train for, but um, there are so many elements of the training that teach you how to identify the failed engine. I can't imagine that anyone who's sitting up front of an, in a scheduled air, airliner anywhere in the world doesn't know how to do that. Mm-hmm. These guys apparently did not know how to do that. I, apparently, we don't. You know, I haven't right. seen any probable cause statements, and I'm kind of just going on what you guys say and some some brief reports. I've yeah, I, no, I, I, I,
1: I did see that report as well. Now that you mentioned, I it. just I just
0: have a real problem with professional pilots securing the wrong engine. Um, I'm now, sorry.
1: Where did this happen? Which is me getting tai to the tai.
0: Tai to, tai, Taiwan,
1: to the question of who will investigate this, and and you
0: know, I'm sure Taiwan authorities will investigate. Oh yeah, this. It oh was Taiwan, a, okay, all right. it was a Taiwan carrier, and it happened on tai, Taiwan soil.
1: Yeah,
2: and the folks from uh, France that built the ATR, and the folks from Pratt Whitney that made the engines, and they'll all be involved in this. Um, mm-hmm.
1: Well, it'll be interesting to see what they discover.
0: Um, it's
2: some remarkable footage, and uh, it
0: really, I, is some remarkable footage. Yeah, and, and it could be. I, I saw an image, still of that video, mm-hmm. um, that was a little bit better quality than most of the videos floating around. The punchline was that the uh, propellers looked different. They they were they looked to be at different RPMs okay they well, were both they were both turning, but they they i couldn't I can't really describe it the the um, in one of them the blades were very indistinct, and in mm-hmm. the other one the blades were much more distinct, yeah, telling me in the second one they were turning more slowly well, that's uh,
1: consistent with one of the yeah. engines failing, isn't it?
0: It's consistent with one of the engines failing, it's also consistent with there still being power on the other engine
1: oh, I see what you're saying, yeah yeah, okay. yeah okay. yeah.
0: Um, and it could be that they were bringing, they, they fixed the problem or something and they were bringing up the power on the good engine and did so at, at too low an airspeed and, and got into a classic, classic VMC rollover, which is the other way to lose control like this video depicted. I'm not sure if but,
1: I've heard of that before. Tell me a little bit more about what that is.
0: Um, Say it again, a, a v, VMC? V, VMC rollover. So V Mike Charlie, V Mike Charlie. Okay, go ahead. Um, VMC V Mike Charlie is uh, the minimum controllable airspeed for a single engine or a, a one engine inoperative configuration in a in a conventional twin. Mm-hmm. I say conventional twin because it's things like Skymasters et cetera, who, which don't have uh, which have a centerline thrust design, aren't susceptible to that uh, particular problem. The VMC rollover. But what happens is you get too slow, the airplane gets too slow, and directional control is lost. Mm-hmm. And depending on the design, the airplane generally will roll over um, into the dead engine. If, it's, if the left okay. engine is the failed engine, um, the right engine is at full power, you get too slow, you lose directional control, and the airplane will just bank uncontrollably to the left.
1: Sure. Sure. But I, maybe I misunderstood you. I, I thought what you said was that the process of bringing the dead engine back up might aggravate that situation.
0: It would absolutely it would. Uh-huh. If if you're yeah. if you're gliding essentially, um, and trying to you know whether you're trying to stretch your glide or not, I don't know. But if you're gliding at a speed that is below VMC, and all of a sudden you regain power on one of your engines and you bring it up to full power. You've just initiated the classic VMC. I see.
1: I think I see what you're saying. Okay, which which, which
0: you're below below that minimum controllable airspeed, and if you bring up minimum controllable airspeed is is designed so that one engine is failed or or producing zero thrust, the other engine is at full power.
1: Yeah.
0: And and you bring that bring the good engine up, and she's going to go right on over. Been there, done that. Um, You don't want to have the underwear.
1: Yeah. Really. I spent some time staring at that video, trying to see if I could see the position of the uh, control surfaces. Um, unfortunately, they all are hidden by the by the body of the aircraft. I wanted to see where the where the and it's also a little bit fuzzy. It's a little bit hard. Well, to make there's that. if you yeah if
0: Google what did you if you Google TransAsia crash yeah cra- crash video three words okay and then you get the web results and then click images
1: okay Have some people blown it up?
0: Yeah, there's a there's a, a still image from CNN
1: and and describe for me what it's what it shows
0: it shows the left wing tip just beginning just it just nicked the car the fuselage is almost in well, the center of the fuselage is over the roadway Yeah. the left wing tip has just begun it's hard to tell how much of the left wing tip is, is missing in this has just begun to scrape the road. It is before it clips the guardrail. Right. Okay, and and it starts to tear the rest of the wing off. But the bank angle is damn close to 90 degrees. Yes. And can you
1: make out the control surfaces like the ailerons? That
0: that was next. The ailerons look to be neutral, Yeah. (laughs) at least in this. Yeah, and that's Uh, the best I could see, too. I couldn't see. The gear is up. The ailerons look to be neutral. I can't tell what the stabilizer is doing. It's a tail, of course. I can't tell what the rudder is doing. I right. can't tell what the uh, the stabilizer is doing. Yeah.
1: It'll be interesting to see how this shakes out and what the. Uh, but
0: I can tell you, the left engine looks to be turning more slowly than the right engine.
1: Yeah, you were mentioning that. Yeah, so okay. in, in this still. So yeah. there you go. So um, you know,
2: yeah. one of these one of these sites has. Uh, rooftop camera video of the airplane still in level flight. Well, still level, wings level. Mm-hmm.
0: Huh. Prior well, to the, it, it was.
2: Yeah, um,
1: and it's not above to... the building
2: tops yet.
1: Yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: yeah. It was a hairy situation. Um, another video, and, and uh, I apologize, everyone. We're trying, to, doing our best to describe these videos, uh, and, and we'll certainly put links, or Jeff will put links in the in the show notes, so you can go watch these in person or Google them, and you'll find them pretty easily. Um, this one is is a cool video. It's doubly cool for us because it was uh, the finishing touches, and and it was published by a pal of ours, um, a, a colleague of ours from uh, Air Venture today at, at uh, EAA uh, Air Venture. Uh, uh, Fred Johnson, Fred Johnson. Fred Johnson um, who uh, is uh, now uh, in his retirement, in his semi-retirement. He's one of these people who's not doing a very good job of being retired.
0: Uh, <laughs> Actually, I think he's doing a very
1: good job. <laughs> oh, that's true. <laughs> I Put it that way. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, he, is, uh, he runs a uh, – for years now, um, even before he retired, he was having fun with videos and shooting video and producing video and editing video um, – And uh, along the way, he uh, started a YouTube channel, which he calls Air Rail Images. Um, Kind of a funny name. Um, It comes from the fact that he's interested in both aviation and trains. And the Air Rail Images has only one R in the middle, if you're trying to look it up. It's A-I-R-A-I-L Images uh, is the YouTube channel. Um, So... This is a, uh, oh, it's, it's a Cirrus. It's a Cirrus, uh, what kind of Cirrus? This,
0: this, this is the 22 that ditched
1: yeah, Cirrus 22. Under,
0: under canopy off Maui a week or two ago.
1: Right. It was being transported out across the Pacific to Hawaii. Uh, partway across the ocean, the pilot realized that he wasn't going to make it. He wasn't going to have enough gas. Apparently, there was some sort of plumbing problem with the auxiliary tanks. And he did the math and realized that he wasn't going to make it. So he called for help. And uh, I'll, I'll, some assets arrived to uh, both assist him, um, but also to video the whole thing. And so there is a sort of what I'll, I'll inaccurately call gun camera video. Um, appears to be from some sort of uh, uh, camera on a I don't know if it's a fixed wing aircraft Coast Guard I believe, um, but it's got the uh, the Cirrus Insight from prior to the canopy, um, uh, uh, you know, mm-hmm. pulling the lever, pulling the the uh, what do they call it is it a lever the is red it, handle the handle pulling the handle anyways from prior to the parachute going out following it all the way through the descent uh and then all the way to touchdown and actually to sinking it's a fascinating video um, um what uh, what fred did um, was take uh, the silent video that was distributed uh, distribute was posted and, and made public by coast guard i believe it was um and he uh, added some annotation he added some uh some music that makes it a little bit interesting but is not overbearing and then he edited it a little bit he takes out a few uh portions that are just kind of the same thing happening for a while and it's a fascinating piece of video for a lot of different reasons to see this uh my my first thought was you know i i don't know if i've ever seen one of these parachutes be deployed before um it's a roller coaster ride oh my gosh okay this uh, Cirrus is flying along straight and level. All right, he pulls the handle. The chute pops out, and and the chute deploys almost straight backwards. All right, and and then as the canopy fills, the airplane goes nose down. All right, and it, and it's and I'm thinking, is that the way these things suspended from the can- from the from the parachute nose down? Um, but he just goes straight nose down for a little while, and i got to think that you're now sitting in this cockpit going, oh, please let this canopy open, please let the canopy open. Why,
0: why, why did I pull the <laughs> yeah, chute again? Yeah, really.
1: And, uh, and then as things stabilize and the canopy fills and, uh, and everything kind of gets more copacetic, um, the aircraft then nose comes up, it kind of levels out, and it just hangs in a sort of level configuration from the, uh, from the uh, parachute. Um, I, I made the mistake. I, I misunderstood what I was seeing on the video. At first, because at first I thought, okay, he's going down under the canopy and that's all good, but he's traveling laterally at an insane speed. And I thought, he's going to hit the water so fast laterally that it's just going to... But that's actually an optical illusion from the uh, motion of the, the aircraft that's taking the video. But he shows it going all the way down, and uh, and then it finally uh, makes contact with the water. Um, at this By this point, the uh, pilot had popped the door... And the pilot was ready to get out of this airplane. The airplane started to sink almost immediately. That was another thing that I found pretty pretty astounding, pretty amazing. The airplane started to sink almost immediately. And uh, he climbed out onto the wing and then stuck his head back inside, presumably to grab his survival gear. Um, and within literally minutes, uh, he was floating in a little one-person raft. Um, and then uh, they had arranged for a cruise ship, I think, to come by and, and pick him up. So anyways uh, I'm kind of monopolizing this but it was an amazing piece of
0: video what did you guys think about this one
2: this is why they have parachutes yeah
0: <laughs> good answer good answer I, I was kind of surprised at how long it took for the uh, uh, for the airplane to stabilize in the canopy which is what you're talking about yeah
1: right? yeah you know, it was pretty dramatic nose, nose down, down and uh, yeah
0: there's there a lot of nose down on that and uh, I, I I totally it makes perfect sense thinking of of you know how to transition from something moving horizontally to something transitioning vertically, um, it makes perfect sense. There's got to, I mean something that's moving horizontally to something that's moving uh, um, vertically. There has to be a transition, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I didn't really think about it until now how that works. But uh, that, that that part is very cool. I just wonder: it, did the cruise ship charge him? <laughs> for for his for his his suite and did he get all inclusive you know did he get all inclusive did, <laughs> he got I, all the I he got I all the new underwear
1: he wanted that's what he got
0: i, I would have definitely hit the bar yeah that's tell me
1: about saying. it it was quite a ride and yeah. Uh, oh
2: yeah yeah oh yeah yeah well, and you were talking about how quickly it sank and uh, just a scosh over a minute for it to roll inverted mm mm-hmm. mhm and then down she went in the next twenty five seconds.
1: David, uh, I, I I only thought of this this very second, but I know you, you've done that training, haven't you? Yeah. You, you uh, this was you did this. Uh, it's it's actually for a helicopter, I believe. But uh, this is a uh, there's a rig that you sit in and it drops into a pool. You're sitting in a in a cockpit simulation or a, or a cabin simulation, and yeah. uh, and it drops into a pool. And then rolls inverted. And the training scenario is that you need to learn how to get yourself out. You've obviously been trained in advance. You need to, in fact, get yourself out of that. That that sounds scary beyond belief to me. What was that like, David? Uh, the first couple of times, uh,
2: it wasn't all that disorienting because, you know, it was bright light. And, 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 a, and you, all you had to do was see the bubbles to know which way up was. Mm-hmm. The trick was finding the door finding the window, getting it out getting unbuckled in and out through that opening. It's when they put the blinders on you mm. that, you, that it, then you get subjected to doing this with no visual reference period. Were I you, mean it's just pitch black. How many times did you do this? I've done it about six times now. How, how uh, Did
1: you manage to get out unaided each of those times?
2: Uh, they were about to come and get me the first time I did it with the, with the blinders on, mm-hmm. uh, because I was pushing the time limit that they set by a few seconds, uh, and I got better at it after that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the main thing is being familiar with your surroundings, so well familiar with your surroundings, so that when it, if something like that happens to you, uh you automatically know where everything is. It's like the uh my CFI teaching me to memorize breakers and switches so that I can find the right one by feel mm-hmm. in case we lost everything. And while well, I found out that the flashlight, the mandatory flashlight, oh, the batteries are dead. So what do you do now? It's a moonless night. It's dark. It's, uh, the switches aren't going to be glow in the dark. Uh, it, 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 the third and fourth times were still a little uh, unnerving because I, I got a, a piece of uh, clothing caught on an edge for about three seconds. Three seconds. Oh,
1: that must have seemed like an hour. Well,
2: it, it, it I tore it, basically. It was like, screw this. I don't
1: yeah. care what I tore up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out of here. Jeb, have you what? ever
0: done anything like that? I've never done that, No. I got to ask, Dave. Was there a scuba diver nearby with air?
2: Yeah, there were there were two guys in the pool with me, okay, uh, and then an audience of the rest of the people right. in our group uh, to watch and see how you did. Uh, and it's just as disorienting to be flipped in roll as it is to be flipped in pitch.
0: It doesn't matter. You, you
2: wind time. up upside down either way. Exactly.
1: Huh. I never thought of it being. I only ever thought of it as rolling. I never thought of going pitching over, but yeah. Well, that
2: uh,
1: rolling. If if you've got a retractable gear
2: airplane mm-hmm. uh, and and no parachute, you know, they teach you to leave your wheels up because you can touch down much more smoothly and under control. Right. You get closer to the water, you can drag the tail a little bit and then let it settle. And play out all that inertia going forward. And then it's going to start to pitch over. How badly it pitches over, how quickly. Uh, well, we can could, we could talk to our old friend down there, uh, Jeb's neighbor, about how quickly her 210 went uh-huh. nose down and sank. Yeah, Amy. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, high wing versus low wing uh, is a factor. But fixed gear... It doesn't really matter. It, it it takes a hell of a lot of uh, elevator control when you start dragging to keep from pitching completely upside down when you ditch. When you got, you know, two mains dragging through the water.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, we need to move on here. But David, um, um, if you would uh, give a little shout out credit to the organization that uh, that put you in the situation to have that experience
2: oh that was a bombardier safety stand down
1: yeah a great program i attended once jeb and i went one time um,
2: and uh, um, yeah they didn't do it uh, they weren't doing it every year for a while but i was going every year for uh, about the first eight or nine years and so was always there when the opportunity came along uh one year i i Tried to photograph it both from outside the dunking cage and from inside the dunking cage.
1: <laughs> oh, like you don't have enough hand on your hands in this moment here. You're going to take pictures too.
2: Yeah, well, I was doing a story about the uh, about ditching training, yeah. and uh, survival skills, and thought, boy, if I could get pictures of this. Well, the ones from outside worked out to my satisfaction, and the ones from inside.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Anyways, quite an experience. Um, big thanks to, uh, to I believe it was the Coast Guard, and certainly to Fred Johnson for uh, making this uh, Cirrus parachute video available. Check it out. It's it's pretty interesting. Um, and, and congratulations to the driver. Yeah, yep, for uh, recognizing his situation and coming up with a good solution. Off-field well, landing and, of the week, and, as a matter of fact. Now that you stop and think about it, off-field landing of the week. Uh, Off-land sure. landing of yeah, the I week. Know, for sure. And
2: uh, for what it's worth, there was a lot of... Uh, uh, Different information floating around about why, you know, a guy that did this professionally would make such a mistake on his fuel supply. And the reality is from everything we've heard and read and talked to a couple of people, uh, it wasn't a matter of not having fuel. It was a matter of a failure of the system from getting the fuel from the tank the auxiliary tank
1: right to that's the what, engine that that's what i heard was there was some sort of plumbing failure that made him unable to get at his his auxiliary tank or tanks or something like that anyways moving on here uh jumping ahead just a touch um two federal stories uh before we get into shoutouts uh what's the story here FAA clarifies ADS-B rule application to experimentals um is this a good thing? Is this a bad thing? What's... This is a good
0: thing. Um,
1: yeah. Yeah. Jeb, go the, ahead. The, Why? The
0: way the original regulation, <clears throat> which was issued in, in 2010, the way it was originally written, uh, basically omitted a word. And the omission of that word um, meant there was a very complicated legal process for experimental aircraft operators to install and use ADSB in compliance with uh, the ADSB out regulation, which was the one that was amended. Um, the ADSB out regulations, we'll recall, mandates compliant equipment by 2020. Um, what the uh, uh, regulation originally stated was that the equipment must have the TSO, the Technical Standard Order, which a lot of experimental aircraft don't have, and in fact, um, don't need. Mm-hmm. Um, so what the word the word left out was the word performance, and uh, the way it all fits together is the equipment now simply has, to, as originally intended, simply has to have TSL level performance. It okay. Doesn't have to have the TSL.
1: And so this is a done deal, or is this still got to go some? This approval, is a but... done deal.
0: This is just a okay. uh, technical correction, they would call it. Um, Uh, and is is done and over with. There's been some chatter um, on the EAA website, for example, on some other websites, some other forums and whatnot, about um, what was going on here. I think uh, uh, um, a couple of columns, I think Mac wrote a column that that, uh, um, brought some of this out into the open. AOPA has been on at EAA, of course, also. Uh, and now today, they've, <clears throat> excuse me, they fixed it, or Monday, I should say.
1: Yeah. David, anything you want to add to that?
2: No. You have covered it okay. just dandy. The,
1: the other list. bit of federal news, federal, by, and by federal, I mean federal here in the U.S. Um, so the White House uh, has proposed its budget for the coming year, and some people are making a note of the fact that there are no user fees, aviation user fees, in this budget. Um, is that a big deal? Is that good, bad? Who cares? It's a departure. <laughs> yeah, there's been been user fees in in both what both Democratic and Republican budgets for White House budgets for some time now. Has is that yeah. correct? That's decades,
0: decades yeah. going back in my memory at least to Ronald Reagan. And so
1: now yeah. suddenly we have a budget that doesn't have aviation user fees in it. Why? Do you know? What's the buzz? <sighs> uh you know? have come to their senses? That seems unlikely.
2: <laughs> well, actually, you know, they're they were they're asking for some other changes uh, involving aviation. And, uh, you know, maybe probably once again made the mistake of thinking that by giving on one thing, they might increase their chances of getting on another. So they didn't put user fees in the budget and, and hope to get a change in depreciation schedule for aircraft.
0: Oh, okay. Uh Uh-huh. At least
2: that's my my blue sky guess. Say
0: say that again. What was the question?
1: I wondered why they did this, why they suddenly decided not put user fees in the budget. Dave suggests that they were asking for some other stuff, and so they thought, well, let's not ask for this so that we can ask for the other stuff.
0: That's a typical um, solution to a, a standard problem. Why wouldn't you ask
1: for both so that you could give one up in the negotiation? That would be uh, smarter.
0: Well, <clears throat> yes and no. Um, on one level, they, you know, maybe they didn't need it and didn't want to antagonize anybody. On the other level, maybe there's something else that we've missed. Yeah. Okay. That, that they do want. Yeah. And, uh, yeah it's yeah. that we it haven't all, heard about yet. Yeah. That we, we don't know anything about yet. So who knows? Yeah. So, it's the
1: government. So, yeah any number of jokes come come to mind i'll i'll we'll leave it as an exercise to the listener there you go shout outs got a couple of shout outs here on the list uh uh i'll go first while you guys i have suggested who might talk about these so i'll let you decide what you want to do but i'm going to go first um i <laughs> this is totally news to me i you know so i didn't even know that the state of new hampshire had a state library all right and I was tickled this afternoon uh, to discover that they have uh, created a, uh, an exhibit, apparently for t- photographs and other memorabilia, all, all about uh, the history of aviation uh, in New Hampshire uh, and the state of aviation, general aviation, in New Hampshire. Um, uh, reading from uh, GA News' uh, website, uh, quote, a focus on New Hampshire aviation a photography project, quote, will be on exhibit at the New Hampshire State Library until February 25th. Um, it's a partnership of the New Hampshire Department of Transportation's Bureau of Aeronautics, the Aviation Museum of New Hampshire, and the a- and the New Hampshire Institute of Art. The exhibit focuses on general aviation and includes images of aircrafts, airports, and people involved in the state's aviation industry. Um, and, and I'm going to kind of seek this out now, um, but uh, um, it sounds pretty cool. Uh, I've been to this Aviation Museum of New Hampshire, if it's the one I'm thinking of. Um, it's not very big, but it's a very passionate little museum uh, on the... Uh, um, on the uh, GA side of Manchester Airport, um, which is a, a fairly big uh, airlines airport there in, in uh, Manchester. Um, it's a cool museum. I've been there a couple of different times. So uh, it has some credibility for me just from that. But uh, I want to go check this out. Some, uh, and, and and kudos to this, any department of the state of New Hampshire, the, any state that goes out of its way to tout general aviation in the state. I think that's a good thing. So... Um, if you're anywhere near New Hampshire, it's in, the museum is in Concord, New Hampshire, the ca- state capital. If you're near anywhere uh, within driving distance of Concord, New Hampshire, check it out. I'm going to for sure. Anything else? What do you guys got? Come on,
0: you can do it. Let's see. Are We're down to shoutouts now. We are down to shoutouts. We are down to shoutouts already. Um, okay, two things real quickly. Um, <clears throat> Just, just a, just a uh, kind of a marker, I guess, a milestone. Um, there are only three living Doolittle Raiders mm-hmm. as of a f- couple of weeks ago. Uh, the uh, the f- one of the four remaining uh, Raiders, Edward Sailor, uh, passed at 94. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, this story was dated uh, January 30, so a couple of weeks ago, and it uh, just. Just kind of a milestone, as I say, to, to kind of remember and mark uh, mark those times. Um, also, um, some kudos to uh, some people I know at, at uh, L3 Aviation Products. Um, just finally announced a, uh, a new transponder uh, for the uh, ADSB retrofit market, and I guess new production market, that... Um, it could be a big deal. It's a MoDAS transponder, ADS-B compatible, has its own internal lost GPS sensor, um, al- also has its own internal, um, uh, you know, 10- 1090ES um, circuitry, receives um, 978 UOT, both from, uh, TISB and FISB, has a um, <clears throat> touch screen. Face that all really? al- that also displays ADSB traffic and ADSB weather. Mm-hmm. It it knows where it is uh, because it's got a little GPS built into it, and um, it's got a, a Wi-Fi link that will send all that stuff to um, a tablet. Cool, uh, cool. It's it's a nice little nice little box. It's it, it could be uh, uh, could be uh, an interesting deal for them. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I managed to, to get an up close and personal look at it recently, and uh, they just announced the thing today. So. Yeah,
1: haven't yeah. I? Haven't I seen an L three sign <clears throat> down there when I'm driving around the Sarasota area?
0: Yeah, there. You know where the Harley Davidson dealer is? I, I do. There's if you're headed. To the Harley Davidson dealer on from Fruitville, right? There's they have a facility there on the right. They make uh, recorders, like right? On that CBR. parallel road,
1: on that yes. parallel road, sort of near the Lowe's, sort of. Exactly, yep. exactly. Yeah. And is that their right home to... office, or is that just one of their facilities?
0: That's one of their facilities. They make flight data and, and cockpit voice recorders at that yeah.
1: facility. Cool, cool.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, there you
2: go, David. What do you got? Uh, I want that transponder. Uh. <laughs> yeah, it's called it's
0: called a Lynx, and for obvious reasons, it's L Y N X. But um,
2: yeah, I was just looking at the website. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's a very interesting piece of kit. It really is. It combines it really a, is. Lot of, a lot of things into one box. Uh, you still got some insulation things going on, um, but it's a nice little all-in-one solution. So we'll see. Cool.
2: Yeah. yeah. Well, I've got two real quickies. Yeah. Uh, first, to uh, an old friend up in Salina, Kansas, Tim Rogers. He's the executive director of the airport there uh, at the Salina Airport Authority. Uh, he was uh, recently recognized by their uh, airport board for his 30 years at the at Salina, SLN. Uh, and he spent all that time in, uh, and continuing to improve the airport and its value to the community. And it's about the longest runway in the Midwest, 12, five So you can do several t- compliant touch and goes without leaving the runway. Uh, <laughs> second one is, uh, and this is not a name dropper thing by any means, but uh gentleman I became acquainted with years before coming to Wichita, uh, when he was uh, not long out of PR at Learjet and starting up his own agency, Sullivan, Higdon & Sink. and uh, a couple of weekends back, the uh, Wichita Aero Club uh, recognized uh, Al Higdon, my old buddy, my non-uncle Al uh for his contributions to uh Wichita in general and general aviation specifically uh through his years uh working with Learjet and uh Beach and longer than any of them, uh, Cessna. Uh Al retired from SHS a few years ago. He's been teaching up at uh, Wichita State uh, University some his wife's an artist, uh, lovely people and it was Good to see him get that recognition. So, congratulations again, Al.
1: Very cool. very no, cool. That was very cool. Yeah. yeah. Is that it? Anything else? Fork time. Real, real yeah. quick.
2: Yeah, go ahead. Uh just want to well want to make sure this Black Hawk helicopter thing is on the list next month.
0: Yeah, I just watched that, uh, and I, I remember now. I read about. I read the NTSB text on that.
1: Oh really? Yeah. The NTS, uh, yeah.
0: The NTSB was very skeptical that the Blackhawk had had any impact on this. Um, yeah, let me watch this again at some point.
2: We talk about it next episode.
0: Yeah.
1: We'll, we'll definitely talk about it next episode. I yeah uh, I uh, yeah I left it off because we already had too many videos. But yeah uh, yeah
2: but, no that's cool.
1: But uh-huh. uh, it, it is an interesting piece of video, and uh, and I may even leave this little teaser in the in the episode to. Uh, uh, Tune in next time, and we'll we'll talk about we'll we'll, dis, we'll decide whether or not the blackhawk was at fault. How's that sound? Yeah. Hey guys, thank you. It's always a blast, uh, and it's been way too long since we did one of these, so I'm glad we finally got together. Uh, uh, thank you to uh, my two good friends here. Jeb Burnside is a freelance aviation writer and editor, serving as the editor in chief of Aviation Safety Magazine. What you been working on, Jeb?
0: Uh, I was just doing the long recover from uh, getting the March uh, issue of the magazine to bed. Um, working on a piece on that transponder we just talked about for uh, the Aircraft Electronics Association's uh, monthly magazine called Avionics News, Mm -hmm. and uh, just trying to enjoy the weather.
1: There you go. Where can people find you on the internets? They can't. Yeah, that's wise that's really if you can work it out yeah you're, you're that's the good way to go but uh but when they when they uh when they uh
0: twitter you know, is probably about the only place to find me anymore and, and uh burnside J on twitter
1: burnside J on twitter and dave higdon uh, always a pleasure dave's an aviation photographer an aviation journalist and the u.s editor for london's av buyer magazine what you been working on david
2: Well, uh, Jeb was just talking about avionics news, and I just got my February copy a couple of days ago, and much to my surprise, I discovered I got a story in there about uh, avionics in the rotorcraft
0: community.
1: Funny how that works, mm -hmm.
2: huh? Funny how that works. So that's the most current thing.
1: Very nice. Where can people find you and this and all things Dave Higdon on the Internet?
2: Well, they can find the... uh, avionics news at the a e a website AEA.org uh, they can find me at avbuyer.com dot com or uh,
1: i believe it's AEA.net, isn't it i a- i'm sorry
2: you're right AEA.net yep and uh or uh on real higden on twitter and uh or just yeah. jump in somewhere and google yeah. and yeah yeah you'd be surprised all
1: fine that's right and yeah. I'm Jack Hodgson. I'm a private pilot, a freelance writer, and a new media producer. Uh, I've been busy shoveling snow and, uh, and also <laughs> working on working on an iPhone app that I'm hoping to have ready in time for sun and fun. Um, and that's the... not what he's usually
2: accused of shoveling uh, either. But...
1: <laughs> you can follow me at uh, uh, on uh, Twitter.com/slash uh, Jack Hodgson is my Twitter name. Learn more than me, more about me than you really ever wanted to know at jackhodgson.com and aroundthefield.net. Big thanks to everybody involved with this podcast. Thanks to Jeff Ward for his help with our show notes and in the forums. Thanks to Mike Morgan, Royce Earl, to Jim Goldman, and to the other listeners who have created the UCAP disclaimer clips. And don't forget, you can check out the rest of the UCAP website. You can chat with us directly and with many of your fellow listeners in the uh, Uncontrolled Airspace forums. Also see who's doing what on the new ratings webpage of fame and much, much more. All of that is at uncontrolledairspace.com. David, something you wanted to say. Live long, have fun, go fly,
2: because time spent flying is not subtracted from your lifespan.
1: Bye-bye. Yeah, and that's enough talking. Let's go flying.
0: Which, Which one of you guys has the fork?